Welcome to the Power Platform Podcast with the Bearded 365 Guy, Ian Connolly, and the Mark Christie. This episode is sponsored by Scottish Summit. Visit scottishsummit.com to get your free tickets for the biggest free Microsoft community event with over 90 sessions in seven different tracks. It will be a day not to miss. Welcome back to the Power Platform podcast. It's been a long time since you've heard from us. Probably been, we've been busy doing COVID things, lockdown from COVID. Nobody could really go out or do anything much, but we are obviously in the depths of planning the next Scottish Summit, which is taking a lot of time as good, but... Obviously, it's myself, Ian Connolly, and we've got Mark Christie here as well. How are you doing, Mark? I am not too bad. I was just looking up earlier. It's actually been nine months since we've really? done any podcasting. Yeah. That's but, ridiculous, isn't it? But do you know what I was actually thinking? That nine months, pretty much bang on when we started Proximo as well. So I think that probably aligns to why we've been so busy and we've not done any podcasts. <laughs> so like our Proximo baby is a nine months hiatus from the yeah, podcast. Yeah, speaking about that, what's going on in your life, Ian? Oh, I've got my own wee baby coming. It's June, December. So, yeah, it's all been very busy. COVID's got a lot to answer for. We've got a new business. We've got a new growing family. So, yeah, that's probably the main thing I've been doing. <laughs> so, we, we actually really now know what you've been doing for the last nine months. <laughs> nine months, mate. I don't know if I've got much stamina. <laughs> oh, no, it, it's been mad. It's been strange. It's been different. One of the other reasons we've not really put podcasts out is because at the moment, uh, we feel that everyone's just kind of sick of online content. There's so much of it out there. People doing weekly things, people doing daily stuff. And we thought, let's, let's other people get that, get that highlights and get all the, the kudos for that. So we've kind of just sat in the background until something came along that we thought was good. It was something that we could raise awareness and it's something that we could could really help with. So, I mean, this podcast is coming out today, which is the 1st of October, which also coincides with October being Black History Month. So with that, we have a selection of the finest people that we could muster up who are part of the BSSG, which is the Black Speaker Support Group. So what we're going to do is a quick round table just to to introduce everyone. Tell us, I mean, it's going to be a bit like um, blind date. What's your name and where do you come from and what do you do is really how we're going to do this. So we, Alexio, we will start with you. Okay. Uh, hey, Mark. Uh, so I'm uh, Alexio Chandwana and uh, hey, everyone. Um, originally from Zimbabwe, uh, now based uh, in Essex, uh, UK. Uh, I'm a solution designer. And been working with uh, Dynamics uh, 365 for almost uh, six years now, and in the past few years, the Power Platform as well. Very nice. And um, you did speak at the last Scottish Summit as well, didn't you? Yeah, the Scottish Summit was awesome. It was my first uh, opportunity to speak at that uh, event, and uh, it was very, very useful as well. And I learned a lot as well from uh, the speakers. So did you, did you find the speaking daunting? Was it something that you'd wanted to do or is it something that, that maybe you got a little bit pressured into doing from somebody? I don't know who. So it's something I've always wanted to do. Uh, the only challenge there was the confidence in terms of uh, getting involved and uh, how am I going to manage it? How am I going to handle it? Uh, and then uh, Trisha kindly came along to do lots of mentoring, uh, helping me prepare. And uh, that mentoring part uh, gave me quite a lot of confidence as well. Uh, because before the heart wanted to do it, but I was very nervous, very scared. So I would say the mentoring part uh, helped a lot. Awesome. Um, so we will now go to a voice that everyone's going to recognize instantly, which would be Trisha. Hi. Hey, Trisha, how are you doing? Introduce yourself, let everybody know who you are. There must be people, Trisha, that don't know you yet, right? I know, I know, it's surprising, but it's true. Um, hi everyone, my name's Trisha, and I'm originally from Jamaica, but I now live in London, and I work for a small company called Avanad, and I specialize in the 365 um, business applications, um, and specifically right now I'm focusing 
on um, customer service. Um, so yeah, that is me. Awesome. So we've known each other for quite some time, haven't we? We have. Since I joined um, our previous company and you left, you left me. But it's fine. I forgive you. So I was actually trying to work out some dates around that. I mean, Ian's been doing a lot of working out dates recently, but um, I was trying to think, was Ian at Ebex while we were both there? No. So Ian left before you did. I joined um, and then you left and then I left. Yeah, I didn't meet Trisha until we were all in Dublin. Yeah. Was that the first time, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think that was that was the first time you met. Coincidentally, also the first time I ever spoke. <laughs> spoke somewhere. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there's a running there's a running theme here with Mark introducing people and like the first time I ever spoke is when they get introduced to loads <laughs> and loads of different people about. It's a bit interesting. No peer pressure there at all. Eh? <laughs> so I can no, I I can actually remember this now because you done a session on DevOps. No, that's not when I did the session on DevOps. This was when I was bad admin. That's how early this was. <laughs> oh, was that the... Okay, that was the bad admin one, right? Okay. But yeah, did you yeah, speak yeah. at that one, Tricia? I did PSA. Ah, oh, yes, I remember now. And then it was the following year when I sat in the corner and was starting to mark your homework and, and tell you you had five minutes left and everything. <laughs> yeah. I remember that one now. So then that takes us on to our next guest on the panel today. Panel? Is it a panel? Yeah, okay. Panel. So uh, we've got... I don't know this person, actually. I don't know you, Miss Anderson. You really will need to introduce yourself more than I can give you any heads up from at all. I do apologise. Oh, that's Please fine. Please take the stage. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfectly fine. I do like having the stage, so... Um... Thanks for that. Yeah, my name is Masonda. I am a project manager, dynamics project manager, focusing on the CE side for a Microsoft partner. Um, I've been a PM and Scrum Master for the last 10 years. Recently switched to the partner side. I've always sort of worked on the customer side. Um, yeah, what else do I do? I'm based in Liverpool. I have, um, I'm from Zambia originally. Spent the last seven years working in the Middle East, Qatar, um, moved back. Do you know what? I moved up two years ago. It feels like I've only just moved back because I've been stuck in the house. But I did move up two years ago, moved back um, to the UK. And yeah, that's... That is crazy, that, isn't it? The two years period you talk about, you've been back in the UK for two years and it's the quickest two years of anybody's life, right? It doesn't exist. It is actually such a blimp on everybody's radar. It is mental. Yeah, I was going to say I moved back... A couple of months ago, and I realised it's been two years. Yeah, yeah. It might as well be, and that—that's exactly the thing. Like the whole, as we've said before, and anybody who's listened to us before, is we're all about community. And if the two years had been something that was normal, there's definitely no way we wouldn't cross paths. If you're in Trisha's circle and Will's circle as well, and all Will's obviously from overseas to some extent, even here, but uh, we definitely would cross paths, and that—that's really interesting. It'd be interesting to see what happens with the kind of in-person conferences that we're going forward to, assuming that you do want to speak at some of them. So it'd be good to hear more from you. For sure, yeah. Um, like I said, I've, I've, I was on a very intense programme last year and the year before, so I didn't really get involved in a lot of outside activities. So I'm looking forward to getting to speak to some other events that I've missed out on for the last few years while I've been living abroad. So, yeah. Yeah, that'll be good. And then the, the last person that we have, Probably another one that we will fight for space between everybody else here in the podcast, but with Trisha Mark anyway. Well, how are you doing, bud? Hey, Ian, how are you guys doing? Congratulations on the baby. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Good news. So I am, my name is Will McClendon. I'm from the United States, born and raised in Florida. Um, I am currently working at Hitachi as a senior consultant, and I've been in dynamic space for Man, been over five years now, so um, it's come a long You're way. You're still a baby if you've only been in dynamic space for five years, but there's still a lot. <laughs> I mean, consulting, like when you're doing consulting and, and doing... Fair play. Yeah. I mean, I've worked with the product for, for a bit of some time, but yeah, 
consulting's a different. I was area. going to say, if you've only been in it for five years, the stuff you're doing is pretty awesome. But I appreciate, obviously, it's consulting five years, other stuff for longer. Yeah, it's 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 its own little animal. Consulting's its own little space, but I love where the product has, has came from, where we're headed, and uh, looking forward to seeing what they're going to do in the future. So, have you got an area of expertise within dynamics you work in? Yeah, field service. Oh, almost like that was a loaded question, wasn't it? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, I, I mean, I didn't mention the field service, but I was like, man, this dude's been doing dynamics for five years and he's like right up there with the field service stuff. Yeah, no, it, it's field service. Field service is the module that's near and dear to my heart. So, um, and we all have friends that, that kind of urge us to get into that space and I'm glad we it Seems did. to be a very Florida thing, that. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it is. Yes, it is indeed. Yeah, Ven Balmer, God rest his soul. He is, <laughs> he is now no longer with us, unfortunately, but... Jesus. And Microsoft, that is right. Let's just clarify <laughs> that. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say, I hope nothing happens before this podcast comes out. I'll be like, fuck. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I, I better just text him and say, please don't do anything in the next few days. It's extreme. <laughs> So no, it's yeah. where do we go from that statement now? Uh, quickly moving on. So yeah, right. <laughs> quickly moving on. We've just uh, we've just cremated and written an obituary for Mister Volmer. So uh, no, so one of the reasons and we kind of hit it at the top of the the podcast before we done the intros was really you are all involved in the Black Speaker Support Group, um, and with it being Black History Month, I believe that you're kicking off. A series of podcasts that's not it's not just for Black History Month, but it it will span longer than that. Um, so, do you want to give us an idea of sort of what the podcast is about, how often it's going to be coming out? If there's anyone who's not on the call who's maybe involved in it, um, anyone can just shout in, chime in on you go, Trisha. Cool. Let me let me talk about the Black Black Speaker Support Group. So, the Black Speaker Support Group um, really started because. So we have a lot of people that are interested in speaking, but they don't really feel comfortable um, actually speaking and they don't really know who to go to. They don't really feel like that that openness to just go and say, hey, I want to speak. So this is basically a group that basically is for black people um, that they can come and get that support from other people that have that interest as well. Um, the We have created a podcast because we want to provide information to the community and give to the community um, information that's going to help them to interact better with their Black colleagues and with us as well in a nice, informative, non-confrontational way. Um, and um, yeah, so that's what we've done. We've, we've got so many topics um, that we've, we've crafted and um, we're going to be doing it weekly starting from October, which, as you mentioned, is Black History Month. So, yeah, I think it's going to be cool. OK, so so I do have a, a question. So this is a kind of, a, a, I was going to say a loaded question, not a loaded question, but um, so the podcast, uh, so the podcast, is it targeted for uh at people of color, and by by using that phrase, I'm also going to ask: Is that what the podcast is about? Also, educating people in and what you can say, how to approach subjects. Because as you probably told there, I I thought about what I said there. So is that also what you're trying to do by helping people and bring things out into the open? Yeah. So really, the podcast provides a place where folks can go get information and again we say it's non-confrontational it's not an area where you hear um, groups um, or people complaining or whining about a problem but rather it's a source of it's a place where you can get information about topics that are near and dear to people of color's hearts how do you and also it allows you to engage with um, with other people of color and ask questions it's a safe place for everyone um, so really, that's what is, that's the real real reason behind it. It gives people an area where they can go, engage, not be judged, and get real answers. Okay, so as as well as the podcast, then, 
how would people be able to sort of ask the questions? Is there a, are you going to be on social media to be able to do, like, tweet you and ask questions? How will that work? I think Mazonda wanted to say something as well. Sorry. Yeah, so it was on the previous point before we before we asked how uh, people can get involved. It was more about the podcast and also just to mention as well, um, most, um, as we know in the tech industry from being in the industry of all of us, we know that there is not that many people of colour. It's also an opportunity for us to sort of educate um, other black people about the opportunities that are out there, how they can get involved in the tech industry, um, how we've found the experiences that we've had in there, how we've found it, but also how we've managed to get where we've got up to, how we got involved um, into and uh, to go how we got into take basically so that's another aspect so the audience is not just um it, it's probably everyone really who's interested in interacting with people of color but also people who are interested in learning about experiences of people of black people in tech and how they can get into take themselves i think that answers the question i kind of had the other about it as well it's like we talk about it being the the black speaker support group is there an element where it's going to support and educate other people as well and it might not be your main focus and your main target but it's certainly something where as as mark pointed out what's right what's wrong how, how do you say one thing over the other and without tripping up and without making it an issue because obviously the point of all this thing is not to make it an issue to for to make it very normal and to have more and as you say to bring more people in and, and kind of make them more comfortable in it i don't know if trisha's got something to say there no, you're absolutely right, Ian. I mean, the, the, one of the things that I encounter a lot, um, especially in community, I have a lot of friends and they do come to me asking questions. And to me, there is no stupid question. Um, there are naive questions, yes. But to be honest, I, like they're asking the question, so they want to know. So I'm always like happy to actually have that discussion. Um, and the podcast is is really a way to have those same discussions with a large group of people. And you'll notice in, in this group itself, you have people from all over the world. You've got, of course, Will in Florida, Mazonda, who's actually been to so many places. She, she's bringing all those experiences. You've got Alexio as well, who has his experiences and other people also, you know, from different parts of Europe and America and all, of, all, of, all over the places. So um, it, it's really, when you ask questions, for example, one of the episodes that we have coming up is what do you actually call someone who is highly melanated like me do you call them black do you call them being person of color what do you call them it's kind of, that's a difficult question to ask one person because everyone has their own um, experience, life, life and lived experience that might mean they don't like BAME or they don't like POC. And what we're doing is we're sharing our experiences, but actually agreeing with, um, okay, so this is what we would recommend for you um, if you have that question. Um, and then also it's, it's, it's not only for non-Black people, um, so it's not only for non-black people, but it's also for 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 black people as well. For us, because we have a lot to a lot to learn as well. Um, and when we, when I'm talking to like the other speakers, I learn from them, and I'm hoping that everybody else will also learn from them as well. That's all. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, I was just gonna add on to that as well. I think. Also, is recognizing that not everyone is privileged enough to have access to people, uh, black people, that they feel comfortable enough to ask questions. So we're hoping that we'll be able to answer some of the questions that people don't have so the the access to. You know, not everyone's friends with a black person or a person of color. So this is an opportunity for us to answer some of the questions that people might want to ask, but they don't have the access to the right people to ask. If that makes sense. So yeah, um, just want to add that. That on top no, I, th I think that makes perfect sense completely there. And, and as you say, it's for everybody, even though it's it's got that the, the Black Speaker Group name, a Black Speaker Support Group as a name, it is just support for everybody that wants to learn and to educate themselves and to make everybody more comfortable and where they should be, really. Yeah, and I mean, one thing I was going to say there is, 
I mean, Trisha does sometimes get a lot of questions from me. I mean, I'll be really honest. I I grew up, so I live in the absolute middle of nowhere in Scotland, and I grew up. I mean, this until the age of about fifteen or sixteen, knowing one person of color, and and that was all. I mean, I I still reach out to Trisha quite often to to ask questions that some people might find basic questions, but I I'm trying. To include everyone, to make sure that the wording I'm using is inclusive to everyone, uh, so so I will ask those those questions that some people find basic, but it's because I live in them are sending nowhere, so it's um it's an education piece for me as well. So following on a little bit from that, so you obviously you mentioned um, what would you call a person of color as one of your topics? What other topics have you got? In the podcast, Alexio, what what ones are coming up? What are the the first few that are going to hit? Yeah, so um, some of the topics uh, we have coming up uh, they include how we actually uh, ask the question and correct things. So in some cases, we all make mistakes. Uh, that's for sure. There's no one who's perfect. So we have topics in terms of if uh, something goes wrong, how do we fix it? And uh, at the same time, we also have topics covering uh, personas. Uh, on how people are perceived. So in some cases, there are experiences uh, where you go to an organization. So from um, my own personal experience in terms of uh, code switching, um, so we have a variety of um, experiences. Trisha, do you want to add on some topics on that? Yeah, so can I ask, what is what is code switching? I've never heard that before. Okay, so code switching, um, which is one of the topics that that we will be talking about, is um, a lot of um, a lot of people do this. Not necessarily just black people, but um, we put on a professional layer. So we have like a professional layer. If I'm speaking to you, I will sound totally different from if I turn around and talk to someone else that might be Jamaican, for example, my parents or my brother. Um, I have a different accent, I sound different, and my vernacular is going to be different as well. I, to be honest, might not even recognize it, but if you are on the phone with me, you might identify, oh, wait, you sounded totally different when you were talking to your mom or talking to this person. That is code switching. Okay, so basically it's when me and Ian talk to each other when nobody is around. It could be. Because we are we are very Scottish at that point. Yeah, this is like my telephone voice, and it's not very <laughs> it's not that posh, but this is probably my telephone voice, so that people understand me. Because if I speak as if I was speaking to my mate, it sounds like the typical Scottish singing a song, and you've no idea what I'm saying. It it goes it goes a bit deeper than than just you know our expressions and tones. It'll even uh, manifest itself with body language. You know, years ago, there was a, a meme with Obama when he was, you know, he gave everybody handshakes who were, you know, white. And then for, you know, people of color, black, you know, he would give them a different kind of handshake. Like, hey, what's up? You know, it was a bit more involved, right? His whole body language switch. And that's really what that's about. Is it a good or a bad thing? Because there's a certain element for me from working call centers a long time ago, and this is about like your song and dance, your tone, your your expression, where, where they have this whole training piece about reflecting in that way and, and building a building rapport with people. So like, this is actually going to be probably the topic more of that podcast, right? So let's maybe not answer that question, but I'm just curious, good, bad, or does it depend on the situation? I think it's it's something that um, Black people have learned to do for person um, for. Self-preservation. It's a self-preservation thing because um, we want to be accepted. And um, by making sure that we are behaving in a socially acceptable way, we then gain acceptance. And that's to like your peers, so you're aware of it within, as you say, you've got a professional person. Yeah. A person yeah. I can't even see it. The personal persona versus maybe talking to your friends and family and different things like that. Okay. Exactly. That alone can get tiring then, can't it? It does get tiring. It does. 
Um, so it's just really for us when we're talking about these topics, it's, it's just, just basically making people aware that these are all things that we have to deal with. Yeah, without going too much into detail, obviously, because we cover it on our podcast, but um, I was going to add on to what Will said. It's not just about how you speak and switching your, the accent that you use with your, your family at home, your friends. It's also things like, um, and I'm sure Trish, I'm not sure if Trisha will relate to it, but um, most like for black women, when we go for job interviews, we usually will straighten our hair or wear hair extensions because you don't want to turn up with your afro in case they think that you're, you're you know you're going to be standing there saying shouting black lives matter every day or something like that you know so you you tone down certain things that are considered too black to fit into the work environment so um whether it's a good thing or a bad thing that's something that we go into details on on the podcast cool. but yeah that's just another example of cord switching as well i used to do that Mazanda. i don't do it anymore I don't do it anymore, but I used to do it, yeah. <laughs> so does that lead at all into like some sort of like a microaggression type thing where if you feel you have to be a certain way to be perceived? I don't think that's a microaggression. I think that um, microaggressions for us are, are, are so, is something different. Um, and for me, a microaggression is, we, we actually just recorded this podcast recently. Um, I can't even remember what it was now. So can you give a, give us an example of what a microaggression is then? What microaggression is, it's more like those little casual comments that people would make that I, in their own isolation would not be considered offensive. If, say, for example, I can explain to you that someone was asking me, where does your name come from? Or I can't pronounce your name. By itself, if you had that, you would just be like, yeah, but Miss Andy, overreacting. What, what's wrong with someone asking you that? But when you think about the different experiences that I've had with people mispronouncing my name or not trying to make the effort to learn my name because it's so difficult for them, um, it adds on to that. So that your innocent comment, which probably wasn't meant to be offensive, adds on to all the previous experiences that I've had. So then it becomes offensive to me on the basis of the previous things that I've had to deal with based on my name. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. And another example is where you have, um, for me, and in my example, and, and this is something that has that has happened a lot. Oh wow, you speak so well! And in my head, I'm like, as opposed to how? How am I supposed to speak? So, yeah. So in my experience, uh, as recent as I think three weeks ago, so decided to go for a drink uh, with a few colleagues, and uh, I happened to be the one who was ordering these drinks. So at some point, um, the waiter decided to ask me if I can afford it because it's too much now. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so so one of the questions which kind of came up there, it's, uh, I didn't take offense out of it. I just said to correct him um, because his way of thinking, he was very honest. Uh, he has kind of looked at myself and kind of made a judgment thinking I can't afford it. So it's kind of some of those kind of things which come in, but um, the important thing is how you correct it. That that is true, actually. It's about rising above it at that point, like someone correcting, or not necessarily rising above it, but dealing with it in the correct manner that is appropriate to that situation, whatever that appropriate level is, because obviously that that will change in itself. I mean, would that itself actually be a microaggression? That just sounds like the boys are. F- a bit of an well, try, try that in Glasgow and you get taken out of your job. <laughs> You've never yeah. been seen again. You'd be dragged around the corner. It is a microaggression because would he have actually said that if it was not a personal colour? I know, sorry. I was more meaning it's not a microaggression. That's the next stage above that because that's just stupid, in, in my opinion. That's <laughs> that sort of thing. But I mean... And that's where I'm into a store mark and literally having someone follow you because they don't think that, you know, you're there to buy. And we all know I love to shop. Like if I go into a shop, I'm buying stuff. Right. But yet I will go into a shop really nicely dressed and people will still follow me because they don't trust that I can afford stuff. And you have two choices. You can either leave the shop or ignore it, or actually three, or some people actually choose to kind of show up and show out. And I basically, it's through time I've learned to kind of ignore stuff like that and just go about my business. It's not, it's not nice. 
Yeah, well, usually when you show up and show out, you're going to end up on on Facebook or the gram, right? So here in the States, a lot of us, a lot of us will tend to just, you know, not go back to the store or, you know, smile and say thank you, but no thanks. And then, you know, we get the I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and we get all the excuses. You know, my brother Especially with some of the crazy laws you've got over there in Florida well, right? Oh yeah, totally. I mean it it, it manifests itself. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but you know, it, it really shows itself in so many different ways. You know, as a kid growing up here, my father would always dress in business casual clothes. And I I always asked him, why in the world would you do that? Because he worked construction. Anytime he had to go somewhere, he would always dress in business casual because he didn't want to, he wanted to try to avoid the stereotypes, right? It was so rare to see in, you know, an African-American male dressed in business casual, he would automatically get their respect, right? And, but he would hear the things like, oh, you speak so well, you know, the, the double checks, if he could afford, you know, if it was for a loan, if he could afford the loan or, you know, and, 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 it, and it's even down to this day, my brother went to go look for an apartment, you know, a young lady, you know, asked on several occasions if he could afford the house, you know, afford the rent. Um, and, you know, it, it was it, that that question didn't come up until, you know, he came into the room. But anyway, um, that's that's what a microaggression is. And, you know, we offer a safe place for any of our uh, for any people of color or anyone in general who want to know what, what we go through or how they should handle it. And, uh, you know, just just open up a dialogue because communication solves so many problems. Yeah, I mean, and so, so what somebody maybe thinks as a, as a harmless question as such, when it's the 17th time that week you've been asked the exact same thing, that's when it starts to, to get on you. Oh, yeah, for sure. It, it, for sure. It, 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 <laughs> you kind of have to laugh and smile at it. We were taught to laugh, smile at it, and, you know, we have a choice, but always remain in control. But it, gets, it, it does get annoying, I, I'll tell you that. I definitely think it sounds like the podcast that you guys do is going to be really interesting because everybody's so passionate about it just in general. As you say, it's just a whole educational piece. Like we are, we're at risk of almost having to like double up this podcast as one of ours and one of yours at this rate with the topics and the depth we're going into them. Oh yeah, for sure. So on, on that, what other topics have, have we got there then? My favorite topic, don't touch my hair. Okay. No, you following that up with anything, or is that just your general "don't touch my hair" exclamation and leave no, it? Literally, the, it's "don't touch my hair." So the other thing is, like, and Madonna touched on this earlier, um, the perception of black hair being unprofessional. If you actually Google unprofessional hair, you'd be surprised. The Afro shop like shows up. Literally, it's just full of Afro and black hairstyles. Because for some reason it's still seen as unprofessional, and it's not. It's our natural hair. And this is where, and it might just be my my tiny mind, because I've never firsthand witnessed anything like a microaggression, aggression, like racism. I mean, me and Ian talk about it all the time. Uh, we don't care age, sex, race, religion. We don't care if you identify as uh, what we're looking at right now. I don't care if you identify as Doc from from Back to the Future. You're just a normal person. <laughs> so it's because I've got a Doc pop vinyl. That was why that was the first one. But yeah, we we and and that's maybe naive of us to think that everyone's like that. But th- that's the way that and we've mentioned it before. We that's the way that we look at the world. So I've never. So it's a bit difficult for me to to fully understand your whole world. So that's where your podcast even is going to, to educate me. Oh, definitely. Um, I'm, I can iterate, reiterate exactly what Mark said there. Uh, Ms. Onda, yeah. Say yeah, I think most people are like you. The majority of people are like, are like you guys, um, Mark and Ian, but it's the, the few <laughs> that's for the, the, what do you call it? That's for the what? Um, the soup or whatever it is that the saying is so it's a few the few people that make it difficult for us uh, so I could have say for example I could have 10 people tell me oh you're really good at this you're really good the one person who will say you were really rubbish that will stick with you longer than the good things that you've had so majority of people I like to believe especially here in the UK I think um, are really good people and the 
and most of the, the things that they say if they're offensive come from a place of ignorance but it's the few that are the loudest unfortunately and um and yeah and i don't know why it's like this the, the negative just seems to last longer and has a, a, a bigger impact on us i think in one extent the the negative side of it and the reaction that's very human nature right no you, you don't focus nobody focuses on the positives of anything it's always that negative side of something that people just focus on as a natural thing and as i've alluded to in the, in the last kind of 10 minutes when you're hearing that more and more that's when it's very great and right yeah no it, it does and i think that's what the support group really is going to be good at because we 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 bolster the confidence of anyone who's had to experience that right they know they know where to go they know that this isn't uncommon. This is somebody that's just being, you know, a dick for a day. And you just move on, right? I hope you edit that out. But <laughs> no, no, that's, that's <laughs> no, actually I love I love the phrase of a dick for a day. It's like an app for a day. You can just learn and, and do an app for a day, but sometimes you're just a dick for a day. I mean we try to get our company slogan just as don't be a dick. And me and Ian have literally been trying that for years since we've seen it at a restaurant event. It's it's kind of like became our mantra for life. Just don't be a dick. Just try your hardest not to be a dick. The interesting thing before you move on, though, um, is it's not just about those few people. It's about the the lived experiences, and it stuff is so deeply entrenched in, I think, a lot of people. And they honestly, like, for example, you, Mark, and Ian, you might say something, but guess what? You didn't mean it, and you didn't actually understand and know that what you did was actually problematic to to me or someone because it's something that's just a part of society, right? Yep. And what this podcast is aiming to do is to just lift the lid and just open up the conversation. And what we're aiming to do is, is just allow people to have the conversations without race and talking about race being such a negative Thing that people avoid. I can't tell you how many times I've been on like groups where if anything is mentioned, if like a racial thing gets mentioned, everyone shuts up. Everyone shuts up. That's problematic for me. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from there. I can only relate to that from a, coming from Glasgow and, and not to belittle it in any way, but there's a certain, certain theme that happens in Glasgow to do with a sport and it's nothing to do with the sport that comes out of the religion and same things, certain people say things in conversation and it shuts up the conversation because you don't know who you're going to offend and not offend and all that stuff because people shy away from it. Mm-hmm. So having the conversation and opening up that channel of conversation is not a bad thing by any means. And what it, so, I mean, what we have covered is there are quite a lot of, of different topics, but one of the big things that you want to do as well as covering these topics is enthuse people of colour to try and get them more involved in the community, get them speaking at events, build up their confidence to to be able to actually go go to that job interview that they might not feel that they, they're entitled to go for. So me and Ian have a couple of questions, and it's, it's now your turn to educate us slightly on this. So as we harp on about every time you see us, we, we run an event, and... Um, now, how do we encourage people of colour to to come to our event, to participate in it, to speak at the event? And what we're not trying to do is we're not trying to do this because we want a quota of people here and a quota of people there. We we are community people and we want people to be involved. Again, we don't care your backgrounds or anything. How, how can we actively seek out groups and inspire them to start wanting to talk? Can I just say, sorry, Will, I, I, I know I totally cut you, but can I just, just say really quickly? It's all good. Um, <laughs> I love you. I do. Um, Will and Ian, like you have been so brilliant in actually making sure that you have um, an inclusive event. And you're actually the first, the first, um, you know, event team that I have seen actively do that and I, I really recommend like I highly commend that um because I think I've said this before that I have been the only 
and it's not comfortable being the only the only black person um, that is there when everyone's applauding on like oh we have diversity and I'm looking around and I'm like where (laughs) so I'm really happy that you guys have you know pushed it Um, and speaking of that's actually one of our topics. Why black people don't speak at events? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let Bo go now. No, you're good. I just, I probably want to piggyback off of that because the Scottish Summit wasn't the first event, but it was the first big event that I got a chance to speak at. And if you remember, it was Trish and then you brought in Dion on a call, um, random. And, you know, you guys rode me for about a good month to submit a session and just go through it. So, it was a nerve wracking experience, but you know, it was nothing like seeing that acceptance email come in. And once you get your, you know, once you get your, your wings, so to speak, it becomes easier and easier to submit. But that first shot, that first start was a big springboard. Um, So I think when other programs make the initiative, when they see someone, Hey, this person is submitting, you know, that, that makes all the difference in the world for everyone. Um, and plus people in the MVP community, you know, don't be afraid to, <laughs> I don't want to say harass cause that's not what Trish and Dion did, but you know, they, they, they didn't give you an option. You know, you had no choice. You were, I was going to, I was going to speak whether they like, whether I liked it or not. So, you know, I think it needs a little bit of handholding for some folks, others, if they know the opportunities available for them, I'm pretty sure they'll jump on it. Yep. So just to add on that as well, I think one of the things uh, we're looking to achieve as well is uh, from my own personal experience, uh, it's been perception uh, from others within the community to say, okay, yeah, that's a massive event. Um, I cannot speak uh, at that event. It's difficult to speak. Uh, People judge me. So in my experience with the Scottish Summit, as an example, uh, like I mentioned, Trisha was there to support me from day one to prepare exactly how I'm going to go from my presentation. Then at the same time as well, um, it's, it's, of course, it's impossible, but uh, Mark uh, did reach out himself as well. Uh, if you need any support, uh, just let me know what you can do, which doesn't really happen on other events. So as recent as this week, um, I was more or less speaking to a colleague about the Scottish Summit, and uh, the very first thing they said to me, that's a very big event I'll never get a look in at. So one of the things there for, from the BSSG group is to encourage uh, those who are not really confident to say, if you submit a topic, uh, then it will get looked at and uh, you have a chance. Uh, you only have a chance if you submit something, right? So if you don't submit, you're not going to get any chance whatsoever. So I think it's that encouragement to say, submit something and keep going with it. So there's a phrase that gets used to me that I've, I've heard quite a few times. Around that, it's quite. It's a Scottish phrase to be fair, Alexi. On it's shy wains don't get sweeties, <laughs> right? Which yeah. which I'll say and probably a bit more English. Shy children do not get sweets. If you don't ask, you don't get. As you say, if you don't put in for it, you won't get anywhere near. If you don't try it, but it does lead me on to something that I'd like to ask as well. For with regards to Scottish Summit, when we do our selection process, we do it completely blind. We anonymise the names, we anonymise the sex of everything that we do and we, and we give it to a panel and we go through a panel review and people see the title and the description. And that's why it's important for us that you put in a good description when you submit a session because that's ultimately what you're getting appraised on. Is there a better way we can do that? And I don't know if there is, given the feedback that you guys have given, we've done everything right in that regard, but I don't know if there's anything that we could do to change that. You, you know what, Ian, you could have just you could have just took the compliments, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but before before we move Never on, will. that's exactly what another thing that we do because I know how important descriptions are. Um, so it's not just about um, making sure that yeah, you know, we 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 help and 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 guide. So yeah, convince convince you to speak, but it's it's also looking at okay, what topics do you feel comfortable speaking about? And then, okay, now let's work through a good description that is going to pass muster. Because I've also seen, because I, I, I am also on the D365 user group London um, committee, so I actually see some of their descriptions. I also have volunteered with the Scottish Summit and other events. So I see the descriptions, and I actually know why 
um, events, you know, why sessions don't get accepted. So using that experience, like I'm basically trying to say, okay, this is how we need to write the descriptions. And with the group, it, it's, it's really interesting how we've done it. It's actually a team effort where we're all writing the description together because it's a learning thing for everyone. Yeah. I was going to say, that's a skill in itself. And I'll be really honest, writing your description of your session is as important as your session itself because everything's anonymized. So your session is selected based on the quality of that description. I mean, I will be brutally honest and give you a laugh here. After all the Scottish Summit stuff was done and we looked at some of the people who were rejected, there were quite a few big names who were rejected for the event based on a description being two or three lines. So this year we've basically said people's profiles must be at least 200 characters and their session description needs to be at least 500. So we've kind of put that in as as a minimum because there was some, I mean, I'll be honest, it was their own fault. Uh, shit in, shit out, as they say. They put in a crap session, they, they got nowhere with it, so... Um, but but it, there is a requirement that people have to put in the work, right? For 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 us just starting off, or people who aren't used to speaking at these events, you know, we think that maybe a one or two liner will be good enough. You know, when I when I was going to before I submitted it, you know, I had to run it through the powers that be, and they were kind enough to say, "Yeah, no, don't don't submit that. Get, cut that out. Rewrite that." And you know, I had to submit it to them two or three times. And after, you know, I think the third time um, and I had enough uh, that made it work. Um, so my brother also was accepted to, you know, speak at the Scottish Summit. So um, he had to go through a very similar process. You know, Ben was very vocal in helping us with that. So I think it's good if we, if people know, hey, you know, can I speak at these big events? What are the requirements? You know, uh, that's a good step moving forward. Yeah, so there's a couple of things that we can do to help with that. And we'll kind of say say right now as well, we are happy, myself and Ian, to, to come into some of your groups and say, we, we review the sessions, we know what we're looking for. If we can tell you what is a good session, what makes up a good session and what makes up a bad session when we're looking at reviewing it, that will also help people know know what they're writing for and what the audience is? For me as well, I think they're because with the way that we do this, because in Anonymous, and it's all about that description, if you have never spoke before, doesn't really matter to us because it's about that description. That's what's going to get you through to the next stage. And I appreciate that, as you said, well, like it's daunting because it's quite a big event, but it's important to understand that that's not the primary focus of what we're looking to do. We're just trying to encourage people to speak, no matter who you are or where you are. As long as, in a sense, because this is going to be in person, you need to be able to come to Scotland to be able to do it. Whereas for the obviously the last one, we had the the benefit of COVID that we were much more remote. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's still a great opportunity. I I I I think one good thing that came from COVID is there were all you guys had an opportunity to have a lot of people from all around the world and you know participate in these virtual events. So for you know. So for us, it opened up a whole new group of people to not only add in our network, but that can help us in the future. Um, so, you know, I, it just was a great event. I, I, you know, now, since I've been through that, I can encourage others to, hey, this is well worth it. Do it. It's worth the the nights and the hours of, of, of worrying. If you're going to make yourself look bad, it's totally worth it. So to bring it back to the, the point of the question, is there anything we can change? I mean, if I just took the compliment, well, how would we ever improve? I mean, like if you're if it's if you're going for me, I mean, I'm just going to tell you, I would love for it to be virtual, so you know, I don't have to travel to the you know UK to take care of it. But no, I'm just teasing. It, but in, in all actuality, the only thing that you probably would keep is just hey, make sure those those the requirements are just well defined and people understand how serious that description is. So, well, we will give you um, online. So after this call, me and Ian are me and Ian are going straight into. Uh, he doesn't know this yet, but we're going straight into our virtual world. So oh, has changes been made? Sweet. Yeah, there's been changes made. So I don't know if any of you joined Ignite, where they had um, a live world in alt space VR. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. 
Right, so you will be able to virtually attend Scottish Summit 2020 in Altspace VR. We will be live streaming six rooms for eight hours on both days. You'll be able to walk around the world, visit the sponsors, go into the different sessions and actually watch them live. You can watch them in the headset or on the app on your PC. Oh, wow. That's that's awesome. That's 2021. You're doing that for next year or this year or this past year? Yeah, no, that, well, February. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be yeah. February 22. Oh, I yeah, 22. 2022. I'm sorry. I'm getting my years mixed up, guys. It really feels like it's been one long 2020. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, yeah. my son does <laughs> still, uh, still over in Qatar at the moment. Yeah, I fly, back. I fly back to the UK next week in 20. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but can, I ask, can, I, can I ask one thing, like before we on? like from all of us, I think Mazonda is the, the, the last person that has not yet spoken at an event. And I have been pushing. Mazonda, why haven't you spoken? You have, you have. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like pressure, right? Peer pressure. I mean, that that's brutal. I started at the top of the call on her about the fact I didn't know who she was from speaking at events, and now you're wrapping the the whole call up in that. <laughs> I missed the last link that you said you shared, Trisha. By the time I seen it, it was too late. Uh, no, no, I'll share it again. Oh, would you? Okay, yeah, go ahead. But you you hear it now. Mazonda will submit. <laughs> to... Now the only problem we've got, Trisha, is because it is anonymous. We don't know if she has submitters or not. No, no, no. I will. I what I do is I also ask. Let me see it. I I like to see. I like to see the submissions. Make sure that you submit. Don't worry. Hey, it, it's a real. It's a real thing, man. It, it was a real thing. I, Trisha was very, very clear about what the expectations were. Yep. So, I, I yeah, I think you're lucky, Will, that there was a, an ocean between you, or else Trisha would have been at your door. Oh, man, I got I got Trisha, and I had Ben, and I mean, between those two, I had PTSD for a little bit, but it was well worth it. It was good. Now I understand, right? <laughs> but it, you know, you kind of need that. You kind of need that. It's your own. You know, a lot of it is, hey, we're just a little bit, you know, nervous, and we don't think we'll fit in, or we're going to get laughed off the stage, and we're kind of, you know, we'll come up with every excuse in the world, but. I did, not everyone, but I did. And but the reality is, is you know, they kind of made it clear for us. Ah, it's good. It's not scary at all. It's totally fine. But on that note, the last thing you guys need to do is put all your socials here so that people can actually hit you up direct. Yeah. So can we do two things? So can you give us the socials for the BSSG, and then give us your own socials if you want to to hand them out because. That way, it's all about raising people's profiles. So let's let's try and do that and, and pick up a few followers as we go. So we'll start at the top again, the same way we went through. So, Alexio, do you want to give out all the, the social media handles for everything and then yourself? Yeah, so uh, on LinkedIn, um, I'm Alexio Chondurai Chandiwana. And uh, on Twitter, uh, at Alex Chandiwana. So I always endeavor to follow back and also have a conversation to learn from others excellent trisha mine is not as professional as alexio's i have a twitter handle um at t-a-s-s-y-j-a tassie j-a um that's my twitter handle um i also have a blog that i blog about a lot of D365 custom service stuff. I also blog about what well, I used to blog about DevOps. I'm going to start blogging about DevOps again because it's still it's still something that I really enjoy doing. Um, and also my my LinkedIn is just Trisha.Sinclair. It's, it's quite simple. Where do you find your blog, Trisha? Oh, didn't I say? Sorry. It's Trisha Sinclair.com. I like keeping it simple. And then you have a Twitter name like that. I know. They wouldn't let me have Trisha Sinclair. So I was like, my middle name starts with an A. And I was like, I want to include Jamaica in it. So it's like J-A. So it's Tessie J-A. Oh, I thought it was going to be like a throwback to when you created your first hotmail email address. <laughs> no, that, trust me, you do not want to know my first email <laughs> Yes, we do. And we are not leaving this podcast until that's done. You do not want to know my first email address. We'll move on. Hey, Miss Sonda yourself, where can we find you at? Yeah, so... Um, 
most the best person to find me is on LinkedIn. It's Masonda uh, Veronica Malama, spelled M A L A M A. Um, yeah. And well, last but not least, or whatever the phrase goes, I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's all good. Uh, William McClendon um, on LinkedIn. That's the best way to find me is look me up. Um, and I am pretty, pretty good about getting back to anybody that, you know, direct messages me. So LinkedIn is the best way to get me. Awesome. And finally, the BSSG. I don't know if we dropped that in there, but that seems that should be the most important one that we're looking to kind of drop here. Yeah, so the BSSG has two things. Um, it has a Twitter channel and it has a YouTube channel. The reason it has a YouTube channel is because the podcast is also video recorded because we don't do things by, by halves. Um, we are on a link which is does not have its own um, specialized, personalized channel name. So I'm not going to spell it. It will just be available and I'll, I'll give it to you, Mark and Ian. Um, you can put it on the podcast. Um, the Twitter um, one, though, is at the BSSG, um, T-H-E-B-S-S-G. Um, and please feel free once we post um, our podcast to actually engage with us, ask questions, put your opinions out there. Um, but of course, please be um, respectful and please be, you know, don't be a dick, as Mark and Ian would say. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, and also, if you are interested in being a part of the BSSG, then just reach out to us. Sorry, I don't know if I caught it or if you didn't say it. The YouTube name, I appreciate the URL is not personalised at the moment, but what's the YouTube name? If I, go, if I YouTube BSSG or do I need to go for the full title? It's just Black Speakers Group. Cool. Awesome. So everybody, go out and... Hit everybody up on LinkedIn or Twitter and get following that YouTube channel so that we can obviously get a, a, a good URL that's something that, that means something rather than the standard URLs that YouTube love to give us all at first. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. So that was a, an awesome, awesome podcast. Again, it was great to have everyone on. Um, I think just even from from the couple of minutes, I say a couple of minutes, uh, Trisha's talked for about an hour there, but um, we've managed to to learn something from there. So for me, that's been been excellent, and I can't wait until the the podcast start coming out. No, I definitely agree. It's again another thing that we always kind of put out from anything that we do is if one person learns one thing from it, then it's been a success. And both me and you have learned a lot in this hour that we've been chatting there. So I'm definitely interested to see what the BSSG actually start producing out and sending it. I think the topics are going to be really, really good. I think they're going to be full of information and, and definitely educational and open up so many channels of conversation, which is ultimately what we're needing to do here. It is indeed. So we might not leave it as long next time to our podcast. We've already been speaking to a couple of people. We might do a, a part two of the Red Slim podcast because... Believe it or not, that's actually been one of our most popular ones. I don't know if it's just I don't know if it's been a crossover of wrestling fans and uh, and power platform folk, but we might hear Will's sweet melodic tones again. Um, April Dunham says that she wants to join, and there was somebody else whose name I totally forget right now because you know I'm like for names. So yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, exactly. We'll, but yeah, definitely, we need to get back on track with it, get the focus back up there about producing these and keeping all your ears uh, entertained with our sweet melodic voices. So they are. <laughs> so, if you want to listen to any of the old podcasts, it is a powerplatformpodcast.com. Scottish Summit call for speakers is open. So either scottishsummit.com or sessionize.com slash SS2022 um, buy merch from us, we're going to bring out some, oh, can, can we talk about the hoodies? Can we talk about hoodies? Go on, you know what I'm like from my The marriage. Summit hoodies? The Summit hoodies, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, right, so they will be available online to buy. We have got some Scottish Summit themed hoodies that are created by a professional sportswear manufacturer that have Tartan on the chest. They've got tartan cuffs, tartan hoods, Scottish Summit logos. They're absolutely 
awesome. So they will be going on the website for for people to purchase. Um, they are really, really cool. And uh, have we acted on a podcast since I got my new toy? No. 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 Okay, I'm not going to mention it because I've got to do the risk assessment and send it back to the uni, so I'm not talking yeah, about Yeah, yeah. Let's just leave it at that on that one, right? I still need to shut my eyes or something around it. <laughs> right. See you all later. Thanks very much. See you later. Thank you. Bye.